Hi, thanks for joining us for this message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. We pray that you are blessed by it. If you'd like to know more about Red Church and its ministries, or if you'd like to support us financially, you can find out more by heading to redchurch.org.au. Well, it's such a joy to be able to bring your message, bring the message this morning and share. My name is Trudy, if I haven't met you before. It's so good to see some new faces and some, some familiar faces. Um, I have missed, I've just come back um, from a, some time away and it's always good to be back. I miss my Red Church family. Um, Mark was going to be preaching today, but unfortunately Mark is unwell. But it's my joy to bring the word today. And it's a word that actually the Lord's put on my heart over the last few weeks. And the word that I want to speak about today is about fruit. Yes, fruit. Why? Because fruit is important in the Bible. So I think that's a good reason to focus on fruit. Now, when you think about fruit, I'm sure things immediately come to mind. Perhaps it's your favourite fruit. Sure, we can think of a favourite fruit. I know there's, um, you know, we've got, like we're in summer at the moment, there's a kind of a whole wide range of um, more fruit varieties available to us in season at the moment. We have some, perhaps you like, we have some fans of that, um, the fruit durian. Do we have durian fans in the um, audience? I know of a few. Um, I haven't actually come near it or tasted it. Apparently it's quite pungent. But it's got this, so I hear it's got the sweetest of, of um, flavors. Perhaps you have memories of eating good fruit with friends, family. Um, as I was reflecting of, of a memory on fruit, I have this memory of my grandma bringing bags, brown paper bags in summer with the most delicious fresh apricots and another bag with summer cherries. Just an early childhood memory. I have memories of, you know, as a kid sitting at a caravan park eating like big piece of watermelon, navigating those, back in, this is showing my age, but when I was a kid, watermelon was actually really hard to navigate. There was actually huge big black and sometimes, and maybe not as tasty as today, but and sometimes you wonder whether it was worth navigating, but like watermelon has definitely improved <laughs> since I was a kid. So I'm sure we've got memories and experiences of good tasting fruit. We can all relate to good fruit. We also might have memories and experience of bad fruit, rancid fruit. I am the mother of twin boys who have just finished primary school. And can I just say, I, am, I had such joy in getting rid of the primary school bag. After seven years of finding rotten fruit at the bottom of the bag, what a joy it was to put those school bags on hard rubbish. <laughs> and um, despite Despite, like, every January, you know, I do my annual school bag clean. I don't know if there's other mothers out there that can relate. You get it out in the January hot sun, give it a good wipe out with the Dettol and the antiseptic wipes, but, you know, still it had its time after seven years of rotten fruit at the bottom of the bag. Also, I, um, 
I won't name names. I might happen to be married to someone who apparently made wine at the bottom of his school bag um, <laughs> after discovering uh, grapes that had been left there for a year. I don't think that wine was a particularly good vintage. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm sure we've got experiences with good fruit and bad fruit. So fruit is important in the Bible. I think it's important as we get into, you know, we're, we're beginning 2024, and it's a time many of us have been reflecting over the previous year, and as we look forward, we all want to be fruitful. We all want to make an impact, don't we? I don't think anyone here would say you don't want to be fruitful. We want to be fruitful. And the question I want to propose today is, how? We can ask this ourselves. How will I be fruitful in 2024? I want to begin reading John 15. And as I read this, I just want to pray before I read this. This is such a key passage on discipleship. And the word of God is alive and it's living. And I want us to marinate on these words today. To be, sit with these, let them wash over us, renew us, embody them as we go into 2024. So the words will be on the screen. Would you join with me as I read John 15? Actually, I'm going to pray before I read them. God, we just thank you for your word, that your word tells us how to live a life that is fruitful. So God, I just pray as we read your words in scripture today, Lord, would they come alive? Would you breathe on them? Refresh us, Lord. Renew us. Would we embody these words? Would, we, would they soak into our very being? Breathe upon us afresh today, Jesus. As we read your word, would we eat your words? Amen. John 15 says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, 
You will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. So much in this passage about and keys to bearing fruit. There's a couple of things I want to pull out of this passage and focus on today. The first one is that remaining in the vine is the way to bearing fruit. The second thing is we are known by our fruit. And the third thing is that we're appointed to go and bear fruit. So the first thing, remaining in the vine is the way to bearing fruit. As Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's really important as we we think about this passage, it's really important to consider where this, this passage in Jesus' words, when he says that he's the vine, sits in the whole narrative of Scripture and the the powerful image that is repeated many times of fruit, fruit trees, um, yeah, being fruitful, how it sits in this context. So the word fruit, the word fruit itself appears more than, like more than 200 times in English translations. So you get the sense that fruit is important. And what is fruit in Scripture? Fruit is, represents abundance, flourishing, very life itself and righteousness. It's the richness and creative of creativity of God. It's his blessing. This is where we read and, and understand fruit in Scripture. We read in Psalm 1 that people are described as flourishing fruit trees when they delight in the word of God and they sit and meditate on his law. People are flourishing fruit trees. And then, of course, we we read again in um, Galatians about the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Having the Holy Spirit in our life, we bear his fruit of love Joy, peace, patience, self-control, the fruit of the Spirit. And then coming to the imagery of trees. Trees are central 
in the whole narrative of Scripture. Right in Genesis, we see the importance of trees when God created fruit trees. And he places them right in the center of the Garden of Eden. I'll come back to that in a moment. And then, of course, we at the end of Scripture, right in the final chapter of Revelation, we see trees again in the beautiful image of the holy city, the promised vision of life to come, the holy city to come. We see trees in the middle of this image. We have the the river flowing from the throne of God. And either side of the river are the two trees, the tree of life on either side of the river. And it says in Revelation that these trees will fruit, bear fruit every month of the year. Symbolic, that's symbolic of this continuous flourishing, continuous flourishing and blessing from the fed through the river that flows from the throne of God. Trees, fruit, flourishing, it's important to God. And so coming back to Genesis, two apples here, (laughs) right in the middle of the Garden of Eden was two trees, Adam and Eve. There was the the tree of of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And there was other fruit trees, but they were particularly, they were allowed to eat the tree of life but not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So eternal life, eating of the fruit of life, it was actually always available to Adam and Eve. Eating of life, that's what sustained them. That's how they flourished. That was available right in the beginning of Scripture. Have you ever thought that whole of sin and death Enter the world from eating the wrong fruit? What devastating consequences from choosing the wrong fruit? The fruit that brought sin, decay, death into the world. Tim Mackey says eating this fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil represents taking authority to do what is good in our own eyes. He says both trees look beautiful, but one of them is a false tree of life. Tim Mackey also explains the link in the imagery of the tree of life and the true vine that Jesus is talking about when he refers to himself as the true vine in John 15. See, Jesus came to announce, Tim Mackey goes on to say that Jesus came to announce that God's eternal life was available once again through him. This is what he meant when he claimed to be the vine that brings God's life into the world. Jesus said that he's the vine and we are the branches. So not only do you eat from this tree, you're invited to become a part of it helping produce its fruit so that his life and love can spread through us to others. 
Isn't that a beautiful explanation? We can eat of the tree of life now. And when we embody that life, we bear his life to others. Bearing his life is what it means to bear kingdom fruit. How are we going to bear his kingdom fruit in 2024? How are we going to bear his life in 2024? How are we going to choose to eat from the tree of life this year? You know, um, God speaks to me often from imagery in my garden. And um, I want to highlight also in this, in this passage in John 15, he talks about um, we are also pruned for greater fruitfulness. And um, it is this pruning because the Father wants to bear more of his life in you, more of his life. And um, so when you go through pruning, there's a purpose to it. It's good when it, the fa- it's the Father's work. It's his work in you, pruning. And, and as I say, I, I, I have this, um, I, as God speaks to me in my garden, I have these three fruit um, lemon trees, actually, in a row, and they're lined up um, beside one of my fences. And um, a couple of years ago, I, I decided um, to prune them. It was probably the first time I'd pruned them there. They'd been in for a number of years. They were actually doing okay. But I just thought there were some, you know, kind of, um, I don't know what you call them, bumps on them. <laughs> Can't think of the term. Perhaps where, like, insects and pests have kind of gone into them. And um, I just thought, I thought it's good to prune, so why not? I'd seen the, the, a neighbour's um, lemon tree that it actually looked really good and was filled with all this... Um, you know, full of leaves and life and vitality. So I thought, anyway, gave it a prune. And it's actually, can I actually say, it's been a bit of a challenge for this new growth to keep coming back. Um, it's been, um, I've actually had to prune it again twice um, since um, because possums. Anyone else have that problem? Like, are they these little, actually, they're not little, they're like the size of cats, um, decide to <laughs> run along the fence. And um, same time, you can kind of almost predict at night, here they come um, along the fence. And, you know, I've noticed, like, the kind of, there's the, the branches or the kind of smaller branches, but then they're literally stripped of leaves. So the branch is actually quite tall, but there is no leaves, so absolutely no chance of um, bearing fruit. So anyone anyway, like, what do you do? Do you, do you leave it and let it keep coming on? Do you kind of put a canopy over it? And um, I think it was just the lesson I have from that is perseverance. Keep going. <laughs> keep trying things and just write it out. Um, and, yeah, I just, I've been thinking about John, um, this, this word in John um, 15 about being pruned. And I, I wonder if you can relate to that. Even over the last year, many people have gone through a season of pruning. And in fact, our church has gone through a season of pruning. And um, so I thought about it on an individual level and also on a corporate level as our church. And, and I think the lesson and the thing to just be aware of is that after pruning, there's a little bit of vulnerability. And 
perhaps the edges are a bit raw and, and perhaps the new growth, there's new growth coming and you can see that and it's sweet and it's beautiful and there's hope but it also can be a bit vulnerable. So I think the encouragement and I sense from the Lord is to keep going, persevere. There is so much more growth to happen and, and just keep remaining. That's the encouragement I sense from the Lord, remain, persevere, fruit is coming and it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> so keep going. And I sense that for red as well. I sense that where we're at, we've had a lot of pruning and, and shaping and, and there's some new growth. I think um, there's new roles. I look at Andy in the front row there. He's taking a new role and it's exciting as um, we have a youth and young adults pastor at Red for the first time. We have our new and um, growing service at Campbell. Wonderful things. We've got new ideas, new dreams that we have for Red Church and I sense from the Lord, keep going. He's cheering us on. Keep going. Keep pers- persevering. Remain because the fruit is going to be beautiful. Do I have an amen? It's going to be beautiful. The fruit that will come as we remain and we stay true to the vine, stay close to the vine. So remain in the vine. Secondly, we are known by our fruit. Verse 8 says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The Bible says that we're known by the fruit we produce. We can produce good fruit or bad fruit. I want you, want you to have a think for a moment. Of a Christian, a follower of Jesus that you admire, you respect, perhaps you're inspired by. Just have a think for a moment. Someone comes to mind. What is it about that person? Is it what they do? Is it what they achieve? Is it a role they have? Or is it that they perhaps are humble, they have humility? Perhaps they are someone who just exudes joy. Perhaps they carry peace. And when you're around them, you just feel at peace and relaxed. Is it that they are kind? Genuine kindness, loving, selfless. I think you know where I'm getting at. I think this is what real fruit is. Genuine fruit of people who are carrying the life of Christ, his spirit in people. (laughs) Yeah. So fruit has consequences. (laughs) The consequence of an action is described as its fruit. A righteous person bears good fruit, while the unrighteous person bears bad fruit. You know, Scripture also says even the tongue 
has, has capability of producing fruit. Good or bad fruit. Proverbs mention the fruit of the tongue, um, our tongue a number of times and the wisdom in controlling our tongue. Proverbs 18, 21 says, the, power, the tongue has the power of life and death. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Our words can speak life and blessing or death, curses. Let's choose, have wisdom with our words. And with our tongue, we praise and we pray. Hebrews says that through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. So John 15 says, if we bear much fruit, we will show that we are his disciples. See, bearing fruit, good fruit, glorifies God. This ultimately should be our chief aim in bearing fruit. It's to glorify Jesus. It's to glorify God. That's why we bear fruit. It's not just so we live our own fruitful lives. It's actually for his glory that his disciples, you know, 2024, the world needs disciples who are going to bear his fruit. That's how we're known. That's how the Lord will be glorified in this world when disciples remain remain with Jesus, remain in the vine, that's how we will bear his fruit. That's how he's going to be glorified in all the earth. Remain, please remain. That's how the Lord will be glorified this year. And the Bible gives a serious, implicit warning for the consequences of not bearing good fruit or bearing kingdom fruit. See, in John 15, it says the branch will be cut off which doesn't bear good fruit or bear fruit. It says, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. There's consequences. Isaiah 5 is a song or a poem about a vineyard and the lament of what will happen to the vineyard that doesn't produce the good fruit expected, the crop that was expected. The vineyard is actually a metaphor for Israel. And throughout the Old Testament, the vineyard was actually a metaphor for God's covenant people. And so when, when Jesus was actually talking about and referring to himself as the true vine, the disciples would have been very familiar with this metaphor of the vineyard. In Isaiah 5, and I'm about to read in a moment, God, we read that God does everything to tend and care for the vineyard, but the vineyard only produces wild grapes. And the Hebrew meaning of, of wild grapes it's not just wild, it's actually stinking grapes or sour grapes. So as we read Isaiah 5, the song of the vineyard, it says, I will sing for the one I love a song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up and cleared it of stones and planted it with the choicest vines. 
He built a watchtower in it and cut out a wine press as well. Then he looked for a good crop of grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. Now you dwellers in Jerusalem and people of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done for my vineyard than I have done for it? When I looked up, looked for good grapes, why did it yield only bad? The question is, why? The second part of Isaiah 5 laments the reasons and what we can learn. Um, and what will, sorry, it, Isaiah 5, it, it laments these reasons and then goes on to talk about what will actually happen to the vineyard because it only produces the bad grapes. And Raymond Ortland discusses some of these reasons and what we can learn from the tragic consequences of the people of Israel not producing a good crop as expected. And some of these reasons, it's because are very familiar, just as familiar today as they way back in the time um, of Scripture. These reasons are reckless ambition. Reckless ambition, apart from God, yields very little. The age-old seeking worldly pleasure over pursuit of God is another reason. And then we have sin. The fact that sin is deceitful. It lies to us. We can think we're okay, we're actually bound and we don't and we have everything available to us to get freedom but we're sin's lying to us so we think we're okay and we don't try to get the harness off and with sin the human heart can always find ways to rationalize sin to redefine it so these are some of the reasons apart from God, that bad grapes are yielded. And coming back to Tim Mackey, what he says, this stems from eating the wrong fruit, eating from the false tree of life, as Tim Mackey says, taking authority to do what is good in our own eyes. What are we at risk of losing if we choose not to remain? What are we at risk of losing? We must ask ourselves that question. And thirdly, we are actually appointed to bear fruit. Appointed to bear fruit. We read in verse 16, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so fruit that will last. And actually the second part of this verse, we find a clue to answered prayer. And it teaches us the important connection between answered prayer and bearing fruit. It goes on to say, so I'll just read the whole verse again. But I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name will be given to you. Biblical commentary um, says that we usually 
desire a prayer life in order that we may be fruitful. But here it's actually the other way around. Jesus enables us to bear fruit and then the Father will hear our prayers. It's interesting, isn't it? He enables us to bear fruit and then he hears our prayers. Now, usually when, you know, in a passage or of the Bible you hear something referred to twice, it's quite important and take note. Now, there's actually another reference in John 15 to answered prayer. So I think God's trying to tell us something here. Earlier it says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So we have this remaining, remaining and allowing the words of Jesus to become part of us, his words in us. So what does that mean when it comes to prayer? You see, remaining in Jesus, in his love, results in his character and his words, meditating on scripture, having a rhythm of reading the Bible, allowing his words to soak into us. They're living, they're breathing, they will make us come alive, we'll embody these words. They transform us. So allowing his character, his words to transform us, be reproduced in us, which then results in our prayers being in alignment with his heart and character. That's the key to answered prayer. Remaining, abiding, delighting in his word. That's how we see results in prayer. Coming back to that word appointed, where we're appointed to bear fruit. That word appointed, just been chewing over that. It's interesting, the word appointed, it actually means to be giving, given a task, a purpose. And in the context of that verse, it says, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. It's interesting this morning and, and the reflection in prayer before the service, that verse was about us being chosen. I think the Lord has something to say. Do you know that you are chosen? Do you know that you are chosen and you are appointed to go and bear fruit? That is the Father's purpose. So there's a response in us that um, is required Raymond Ortland says this, God has been busy on our behalf. The question is, what have we done with his outpouring of grace? Are we parlaying his blessing into fruitful outcomes? Are we a good investment? We must ask the same question Isaiah asked his generation. We can't hide behind our identity as God's people. They were God's people too, but it didn't exempt them from God's expectation of fruitful results. It made them responsible for fruitful results. Oh. 
We're responsible. We've been given a calling. We have something to steward and invest. Raymond encourages us to not take the grace of God and receive the grace of God in vain. Just as we read in Isaiah 5, God did everything to tend the vineyard. And what did it yield? Wild grapes. The same way Jesus is is the vine. He's done everything. He's redeemed life that we can once again eat of the tree of life and bear his life. So we have a response we have a response. What's our part? Is, and it's simple. Our response is to receive the grace of God, to receive the blessing. We don't have to do anything. It's his grace. God tends the vineyard. God does all the work for the vine. We just have to receive it and remain. That's the key word. The key word is remain. Remain. Keep going. Keep persevering. You will see fruit. I guarantee it. Well, God guarantees it. It's his word. Remain. How are we going to remain in 2024? It's his life and it bears the fruit. Now, just another encouragement. Some of us may feel like perhaps we're not worthy to be part of the vine. And I want to encourage you that Jesus has done everything. It says in Scripture, Matthew 3 verse 8 says, Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. You know, Jesus can do so much with a repentant heart. Just come as you are. Come as you are. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Just sit before him. Bring everything. Bring your failure. He's delighted when you come to him. You know what I wrote? I'm going to share something personal I wrote in my journal for 2024. I actually feel like it's an encouragement. Some of you may need to hear this today. It's in scripture. God is for you. God is for you. You might need to know that. God is actually for you. Do you believe that? If you go into this year knowing that God is for you, he loves you, he delights you in you, you're going to have an awesome year. (laughs) Well, you know, close to divine. (laughs) He might do some pruning. There might be some hard stuff. I can't guarantee there won't be some hard stuff, but it's worth just being close to the vine, whatever you go through. Just know that Jesus is for you. He's for you. Well, I wasn't expecting that, but that's a word for today. God is for you. Amen. So we have access to the fruit, to the vine, to the true vine. We don't need to wait for the life to come to eat of eternal life. He wants us to bear his life this year. What appointments has the Lord set before you this year to bring his fruit that lasts?